This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. This programme is brought to you with the help of a DCC Waste Minimisation Grant, supporting Love Food, Hate Waste. Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this Tuesday's edition of Revolution Radio. Today we will be discussing the dynamic shifts in our financial markets and what it means for the future of our fourth industrial revolution. Joining us today is our well-respected guest, Rich McDonald, a professional financier with extensive experience in traditional banking, the stock market, and now crypto. Lying awake intently tuning in on you. If I was young, it didn't stop you coming through. All right, thank you very much, Rich, for joining us here on Revolution Radio. Let's jump in. So you are the first person to be paid in Bitcoin in New Zealand. Congratulations on that, by the way. Can you tell us a little bit about what made you want to get started in the financial sector when you did in the first place? Certainly, Alex, and thank you very much for the invitation on the show today. Uh, so, yeah, I guess back when I was a kid, um, for the my first ever job was twelve year old working for my father, and he was in an he had a, his own as a accountancy business, and I used to go in deliver the mail for him, do the banking, um, but every Friday he would sit me down and uh, make me go through the the stock markets and how they had moved on the week and some stocks that he owned, how those would uh, be priced. Um, And if they had gone up on the week, then I would get double the pay or double the pocket money for doing the job. Uh, But if they had gone down, then, you know, I would have to to suffer with uh, just a a normal amount of minimum wage for that that job. So that got me interested in... In uh, stocks, and you know, saw that there was uh, there was good rewards to be had, and yeah, I was one of these very lucky people where I I knew exactly which job I wanted to do from the age of fifteen, sixteen year old. Wow, you seemed like quite the outlier for the general population there. That's <laughs> quite a fantastic way to be introduced into finance, I'd say. So, since working for your dad. <laughs> How has your career changed and transitioned throughout the years? Yeah, I, I guess I was lucky. I, my, um, I started on an internship on the, the 10th of September 2001 in London. So, you know, second day, went into the office and London time um, around lunch then um, was that, you know, horrific day of, of 9-11. So that was this, the very second day involved in the markets and from then you know gone on to 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 work for credit swiss and hedge fund you just see some incredible things and you are at the forefront of the news that's happening i used to be in charge of a russian and turkish business and i remember the day that turkey shot down a a russian fighter jet over turkish airspace or at least they argued it was and obviously, you know, you've got guys sitting in Istanbul, you've got a team sitting in Moscow. And so trying to coordinate the next two hours of what on earth was going on in the world, it just really, you know, makes you realize that, you know, you're, you're at the, the forefront of, of everything that's happening. And of course, um, 
we know what's going on at, and on the moment between Russia and Ukraine, you know, and, and uh, you see it second by second in the prices of ruble, the prices of oil. And it's yeah, really fascinating space to be involved in. So you have a, a pretty well-rounded background of the system as a whole regarding this entire financial sector and how you said it is pretty much the forefront of society and it deals with the most serious interactions geopolitically as well. How would you say that this sector is, or the system is shifting to meet goals of the future, specifically when it comes to the United Nations sustainability goals? That's right. I was, I was very lucky. I was approached by an Australian bank called Macquarie Bank in 2018. And they were one of the, the market leaders, certainly in, in Asia, um, at, uh, in infrastructure, but also in working towards sustainability goals all around the world. So, for example, they, they bought the Green Bank in um, the UK. And so they're, they're a big part of the, the renewable, um, you know, the sort of the fight to get people moving to this, you know, new sources of energy um, across the world. Specifically, my job was in London. What we did at the time um, was help uh, sovereign wealth funds. So that's the, the sort of bank of the government. Um, we would do their transitions out of investments in coal companies, oil companies, tobacco, uh, this sort of thing. And so they would sell their shares in those companies, which I would be responsible for, and then move them into solar, renewable, um, you know, some uh, just more ethical investments, let's say. And that's really the way that the world's gone in the past three to four years, which is great because you you sometimes there can be correct ethical um, theories in the world, but the money doesn't follow it and the power doesn't follow it. Whereas now you're really starting to see that the share prices of tobacco companies, oil companies, you know, have just cratered since 2018 because no pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, insurance companies want to really be a part of that story anymore. The movement took on the name ESG. So that's environmental, social, and governance. And that's been the, the real three important targets of, of the investment community now, which thankfully is changing the behavior of companies because companies know if they don't get behind the ESG, then you know, they're gonna end up with a, a se severely impacted share price. So yeah, so it, it's great to see you know, markets are actually almost self-enforcing in that way. So we call this intentional shift towards sustainability many different things in today's world. We call it the Great Reset. We call it the Fourth Industrial Revolution. There's many different names, Build Back Better. There's Green New Deals. And one idea that is being talked about and hopefully implemented in the near future is the sustainability. These sectors and these industries that don't want to play a game, they don't want to play ball with making things green and doing things the right way, that's going to be reflected in their stock market price. Absolutely a, a good thing moving we forward in the, the auto sector. You know, you've got Ford and Volkswagen and Toyota, all the, you know, these huge companies around the world committing huge amounts into getting into 
electrical vehicles. Even the oil companies like Royal Dutch, they've now promised to spend 50% of their capex in over the next five years on making themselves clean and a movement towards clean energy. Uh, so, you know, the sustainability score, it, it takes so long to get legislation through and for the governments to actually apply these kind of things. The European Union in particular came in with a fantastic this. idea of companies that were performing or, you know, sorry, using dirty energy. Then they would have to buy carbon credits for the amount of emissions that they were uh, giving off from their factories or uh, trucks, you know, wh whatever it might be. And they would have to purchase these carbon credits in, in the open market. However, every year, the supply of carbon credits falls significantly. And whenever you get some, you know, supply of something falling significantly, unless the demand drops to the same amount, then the price goes up. Therefore, all your coal companies and the big industrial powers um, around Europe Unless they become cleaner, then they're having to pay more and more in a carbon tax every single year. And this was another thing that we did at Macquarie. You know, hedge funds have got a, quite a bad name um, generally, you know, since 2008, 2009 financial crisis. However, a lot of hedge funds are getting back, um, getting behind the, the whole carbon movement. Uh, so we were dealing with few in particular there. And for the first time we managed to get them, um, equity funds managed to buying carbon credits. And of course, the more people buy them, the higher in price they go. So the bigger the taxes on the, the polluting companies. And at the same time, you've got renewable companies that are being rewarded with these carbon credits. So they actually receive them in the first place. The higher the price of the carbon credit, the more it's worth then they can sell those onto the open market and receive a reward for being involved in solar wind farms, you know, the, the whole renewable space. So it, it's really, you know, you've, you've got markets are already moving towards that sustainable sustainability score um, before it's even implemented. The carbon credit market was up 94% last year. It was one of the best performers out there. So as an investment, it's also, you know, it's, it's been a fantastic investment for people sitting at home. And hopefully that, that continues higher and higher and it gets to a point where, you know, the, it's just not a, a financial option anymore for these companies continue to operate in a, in a way that's polluting our atmosphere. So from my understanding, and just so we can say to all of our viewers, we can sum up a sustainability score as the carbon footprint of a company and the means that they need to use carbon in order to produce and to operate, essentially. Now, does this take into consideration any other ethical standards that should be met? I mean, we've talked about sustainability in other forms on this broadcast in the form of peaceful humanity and ending wars, this kind of sustainability for a brighter future. Will there be any kind of ethical consideration into these scores as well? Well, I think that's really where the, the G comes into to the ESG, and, that, and that's the governance. And so we, we've already seen um, companies operating in certain parts of Africa, let's say, in a corrupt way um, that they've been uh, accused of, of bribery 
and such, especially in the mining industry. Um, you know, we're already seeing that that they are not only getting hit from a share price point of view, but the um, Department of Justice from the US, you know, have, have come in and, um, you know, threatened uh, with huge fines there. I think, you know, it's, it's in the billions. Yes, the, the answer is absolutely part of the sustainability mission as a whole is around environment um, and the, the governance um, and that governance can e- even come into, you know, the, the male-female fe- ratio on the board. Uh, you know, th- there's a real focus on just improving standards across the board. And we've talked a little bit about the carbon credits and this, this movement to incentivize companies that are doing the right thing. On the other hand, the companies that want to remain dirty, as you put it, if they can just buy carbon credits from other companies, what sanctions are they really feeling pressed down upon them besides starting off already in the red by having those negative carbon credits? If you make a, a company unprofitable, then it's not going to be around for long and it's, it's not going to have that option. So what we are seeing is um, shareholders revolt and they can you get the, you know, the activist funds that might take a, a 5% stake and they would force management out if they failed to turn around on their on their mission. So, yes, a you've got the the carbon credits getting to a point where the, it's just unprofitable to you know to be involved in coal mining. You you know you really have these activists now that are very ESG focused and simply removing management, which is fantastic. It's good to see entire industries either going out of business or making the shift. Um, and hopefully they're doing that voluntarily instead of being forcibly shifted themselves. This reminds me, and I have to mention it on here as a form of my own activism. But do you remember when Carnival Cruises just were dumping all of their ocean in the trash and receive, I mean, their trash in the ocean? Um, and they were just receiving the fines because that was actually easier for them to pay off this the what you would call sanctions against the industry, it was easier for them to pay the pollution fines than it was to actually discard their waste in a, a sustainable manner. And I hope that what you say is true about how activists and people who are investing in these companies will start to shift out management positions that intend to carry on with this behavior. So, yeah. Before we start cruising again, people, please take into consideration how sustainable your cruise companies actually are. And in a place like New Zealand, this really, really means a lot for our pristine waters and our healthy harbors. All right, moving on. So the digital economy, every single westernized nation in the world right now has at least some kind of plan to implement a digital currency in the near future. What do you think, regulation-wise or innovation-wise, we need to do to make these shifts towards a sustainable digital economy? And, that, and that's a very much something in, in focus at the moment just now, because, of course, Bitcoin, you mentioned at the, the start of the show that uh, you know, I was the first person in New Zealand to, to be paid in crypto. That's absolutely not Bitcoin, because um, the, the energy usage in, in mining around Bitcoin is, you know, still just 
a level way beyond what's acceptable. And perhaps I should sort of define mining here before, um, you know, people get a, a, the, the vision in their mind of, you know, are we, are we digging in the dark looking for these Bitcoins? No, the way that the system's been set up, and it, it's an incredibly um, work of genius that has, you know, set up this, uh, this world of crypto. Every time that you provide access to the blockchain and, in essence, helping the blockchain and, and Bitcoin network operate, continue to operate in a successful manner, then you're rewarded by being given a Bitcoin. But every time that a Bitcoin's mined, and there's only going to be 21 million ever created, every time it's mined, the next one is harder to, to mine in itself because you're, you're having to solve a load of puzzles and you know, these math, mathematical formula. So it takes more and more energy to successfully mine a Bitcoin. Now, at the moment, we've, we've mined over 19 million. So there's only, you know, sort of 1.8, 1.9 left. But those are taking up huge reserves. And the higher the price of Bitcoin goes, then, you know, a little bit like the, the carbon system is that the more energy that you can use and it still be profitable. So, you know, we are absolutely not in favor of miners using traditional sources of energy. What you're finding more is that there are companies being set up, say, offshore or places like Norway that are actually using renewable energy to mine their Bitcoin. And there are various arguments, you know, that that energy could still be used elsewhere, et cetera, et cetera. But unfortunately, it is inevitable. You know, we've messed up the, the traditional financial system with greed so badly from... 2005 2006 onwards it's unsustainable in its current form with the amount of debt that the governments have on their balance sheets that central banks have on their balance sheets and you know covid was the kind of final straw that that broke the camel's back because we have to remember that money in its current form has only really been around since 1971 when the us came off the gold standard so it doesn't really Money doesn't have any value anymore. It's not associated with value. It's just the medium of exchange. The very word fiat, meaning you know, fiat currency, which is money that's backed by a government, not by gold. It's not even monopoly money because there's a fixed money supply in monopoly. So monopoly is a genius <laughs> game because there's only so many notes in the bank. Well, there's not. Imagine a monopoly board where you know, the 200 pounds for pass and go is just created out of thin air every time you come <laughs> around. And, and that's essentially what the, the Federal Reserve and the American government have been doing for the, the past two years. Now, they had to because, you know, COVID was World War III. And World War I gave us huge deficits across the world for the amount of money that was spent on armies. World War II destroyed the financial system. And essentially, all the gold ended up in America which meant that we had to have a move from the, the traditional gold standard where every government had its own gold and reserves. But because everybody had bought things from the USA, then we moved to a system where all currencies were pegged to the dollar. And then the USA, the dollar was the only currency which was backed by gold. 
And this, of course, became the huge problem. And this is why we were taken off the gold standard in, in 71. Ever since then, we've, as humans, just been getting greedier and greedier. And, you know, the focus on share prices and performance led to things like, you know, people's family days of Sunday being taken away and people having to work longer hours and, you know, everything just becoming about sales figures and profit figures. And we're now, you know, at that point now where governments can't take on any more debt, personal households can't take on any more debt. And for the very first time, as of next month, March 2022, we're going to be getting to a point when interest rates are going to be going up. So that's the cost of money at the point where the money supply is shrinking. And this is the first time that this has happened in, you know, 20 odd years. So we have to forget everything that we've ever been taught about money, because in our uh, lifetimes, then you know, people think that house prices always go up. They think that share prices always go up. And we have to take away all the, these beliefs that we have and all these, these common misnomers that are out there that asset prices don't go down because they will. And we, you don't know when it's going to happen. You know, the sort of poker game can go on for a lot longer and a lot longer. The US can keep on extending their debt ceiling, um, but it, it's all just making the, the, the end game, you know, a lot more of a bigger problem than it has to be. Kicking the can down the road has been happening for about 15 years now. So this is where the, the world of crypto comes in. And, you know, you've, you've got this second coming of a new gold. And perhaps we can get back to some kind of gold standard where money has a value because at the moment it doesn't so you can have gold and the only reason that gold is gold and not silver is because the british ran out of silver back in the 1800s because they had sent all their silver to the the far east to buy tea um, so the british didn't have any silver left in their coffers so they decided right the most important thing in the world is gold so you know the these things sometimes happen by accident but we've got gold we've got silver and then we're going to have this this new digital gold which is bitcoin so if the price of bitcoin rises to a point and the the trust and the accessibility continues to increase then you know it it doesn't really matter that the dollar is going to collapse in you know three four years time because we can get back to something that that's real and it will be painful and it will, you know, it will be um, historic. But this is really why, you know, I was happy to come out of the banking sector, the traditional banking sector, and move to a, um, start a business, um, No Trace Future, which is, is called because, we, you know, we want to move to this position of sustainability and no trace of carbon emissions and the, the focus on the future particularly also around people's financial sustainability. And if we go back 12 months, seeing everybody buy these um, meme coins, the Dogecoin and the Shibu and uh, the stocks like AMC and GameStop, you know, this, this to somebody who has the experience in financial markets, this is the equivalent of watching somebody in a bar 
drink a whole bottle of tequila followed by a bottle of whiskey and then getting in their car, you know it's going to end up in disaster, which it has. You want to be able to do something to, to help them. So with the, the rise of investing, I decided to um, you know, start this, this business that centers around um, educating people. And we're not talking about educating the wealthy or the, the bankers or lawyers. You know, I work with some incredible people, the, the tradies, um, all the guys in hospital around Queenstown. And um, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where we can offer this service that stops people losing money. And then we're going to start working on building their, their wealth and getting themselves into a position where, um, you know, in, in the future, then they're, they've positioned themselves for a, a sustainable lifestyle. And that's when you can start really focusing on doing good in, in the world. And speaking of leaving no trace, this is our friendly reminder to reduce, reuse and recycle as we are sponsored by Dunedin Waste Management. We encourage everyone to also leave no trace when it comes to waste. So thank you very much, Rich. So that's Rich McDonald, everyone. And Rich, if you could give them some ways to get a hold of you and access this big old brain of yours, please do. Absolutely. So we, we've got a, an Instagram page that's, you know, getting um, more posts by the day. We've got videos there on what's going on in the world at the moment. Why is there so much volatility? What's going on with interest rates, inflation? And we, we want to do it in a way that really is understandable for everybody. So we, we use real life situations um, and the beautiful backdrop of Queenstown. So that's Instagram page, uh, no underscore trace underscore future. And then you can get me on email, richard at notracefuture.com. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Alex. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air.